human beings are a disease, and we are the cure. Now. So you're here to save the world. Everything you know about reality. So what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. Everything you believe about the future. Buckle your seatbelt, Dorothy, because Kansas is going bye-bye. Will be a thing of the past. No one can be told what the Matrix is. Whoa. You have to see it for yourself. The Matrix. Welcome to... Old Millennials Remember Movies. People, this is our 100th fucking episode. Woo! Woo! I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi, Tyler. Hi. We're going to get syndication money now from everything I've been told. (laughs) Syndication money. So that's Tyler's speak for once a show hits 100 episodes. Yeah. Typically get syndication. get syndication rights and we get all the money keeps flowing in. That's how all those Friends guys made money. Yeah. So, people, we made it to 100 episodes. I mean, if it were up to Tyler, this would have happened, like, under two years, right? Because we would have hit in those episodes once a week. week. Oddly enough, even though the last year we've been in the pandemic and we've been basically not... We haven't gone anywhere, like, really. And you would think we we would get more out because we're not doing anything else in the evenings or anything else. But, no, we've actually slowed down our rate of episodes. Because we're not doing... You know, like, not going out doing yes. stuff. Like, we're not... Our evenings are not yes. filled with other activities. We're just at home. Yes. But so. instead, this year, I decided to, you know, have an internal promotion, go back to school, pursue another degree. Brag. Tyler's decided <laughs> Actually, to... Actually, just straight up bragging. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was saying it was a humble brag, but it was all just regular bragging. Well, what have you been doing? You've been busier this year, despite the pandemic. But... I've been working a little bit, obviously, like I normally do. You've been watching a lot more movies, yeah. uh, listening to a lot more podcasts. You've basically, every time... That Played I... a lot of Fortnite. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that has changed this With this our uh, Saved by the Bell co-host, Joan Anderson. Yeah, you've played a lot of Fortnite. Yeah, but late which, at night. It's which, not really eating into any other time. I mean, with the, the number just, of hours you've put into Fortnite, I would expect you to be better at Fortnite. I'm better at it. Are you? Yeah. Well, compared to when, like a year ago? Yeah. I was terrible then. Yeah. Now I can beat some of the 10-year-olds. That's right. Yeah. So it's okay. Okay, so we made it to 100. Congratulations, Tyler. And now per, we're canceled. Per no. our contract, <laughs> Tyler said I could quit after 100. So is there going to be episode 101? TBD, man. We'll see how this episode goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have an episode 101 planned, so that's something, Well, I we'll guess. see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we got planned for this uh, special episode, Tyler? Well, we didn't want to over... You know, it's just another episode, right? But so, but we thought we'd make it... Uh, rather than covering one movie, we would cover three movies. So does this count as three episodes? Do I no, get to count that? No, because we did the Bad Boys extravaganza, and that was just one episode, too. Damn it. I was hoping to get extra credit, because you know how I feel about extra credit. You're not getting extra credit from this. So we're going to we're gonna talk about The Matrix. Mm, I think I am getting extra credit for this. We're going to talk about The Matrix, which came out in 1999. The tail end-ish of our uh, period, and then actually at the real, real tail end-ish of our period, uh, we're also going to talk about the sequels, The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions, which both came out in 2003. We were, and this is actually might be... Mm, I have to think about this. Is this the first movie, the first movies that we've covered in which when we first saw them, we were actually together? No. No. Yeah, I think because it's the latest movies we've done. No, we've watched some other movies. No, like the latest, I think, was Signs, and we, you, we'd you both seen that before we met each other in 2002. We so. What was that movie that Sean and I went to without you? I don't know. That freshman year of college. I don't know. It was a terrible <laughs> That movie. would have been end of 2002, 2003, and I don't think we've done... I'd have to see. This Sean, actually plays into a game movie? we're going to play. 
later. This is this that's perfect. It's a perfect setup for that. I don't know if you want to play it now or if you want to play it after. No, I don't want to play. No, okay, okay. So, um, to celebrate with you all, we're we're gonna drink, not tea. (laughs) Not tea. Well, you have tea. I do have tea. I have a what are those things called? Lacroix. You're such a little (laughs) bitch. I mean, I love you so much, but holy shit, Tyler. (laughs) I put a little uh. Of that electrolyte stuff in there, too. You did. Okay. It's not a flavor. Okay, I'm grabbing the champagne bottle. I, we would have popped it, but I bet, sparkling I, could just, wine. I bet I could just insert uh, a popped champagne sound. Pop! It, yeah, it was, a, it was a bottle opener. Yeah. It's organic, though, so it's fancy. Is it That's organic? how you know it's fancy. Yeah, and you buy it from the organic It's place. like low sugar, which That's means our sponsor. you more. That's In 100 episodes, you get sponsors, too, and now our sponsor is Dry insert farm sponsor wines. here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I would I recommend them without being sponsored, but I mean, I would take money from dry farm rooms okay so instead of taking some tea refills today we're gonna have some beverage refills okay hear Ooh, i hear that this is good radio that's a real it's good radio i think that's what they call a heavy pour yeah that's definitely a heavy pour <laughs> that's the only pour i like to do and tyler um is drinking out of a for those who like the the visual description a minnesota twins goblet let's go twins what is this called a cup oh oh you're bubbling what happened? It's Yours bubbled way more than mine. You definitely poured mine faster. Oh, I was very excited. You were like, yeah. You just, In terms of beer, you Jesus, got a lot of head there. There's a lot of head. I always get a lot it's of head. It's like 90% foam. Man, I always get head. <laughs> you wish. Constantly. You wish you did. Constant okay, head. Okay, so Tyler, before we bump into uh, what you've been watching, let's cheers. Cheers. Cheers to 100 episodes. Still being married. Still having a podcast. Still have four kids that are alive. And still in school. I think we're crushing it this year. Knock on wood. Oh, no. <laughs> Cheers. Clink. Doesn't oh, even clink that's very weak. well. You gotta like... There, there we go. go. Try again. Weak. You're gripping like too... You've got too much hand on it. You're I got no hand. You hand. actually have more hand on it than I do. See? Better. Jesus. Sounds like we're drinking out of red Solo cups. <laughs> yep. How does that taste? Tastes good. Do you know that there are YouTube channels where people just eat and make sounds with their noise... With their mouths? ASMR or whatever mm-hmm. isn't that a thing? People like hearing yeah. noises and seeing simple things. Relaxing. I feel like that's I feel like that's the level of. I, I hear there's a sexual end of that uh, spectrum too. Is there? Like you know, like things that are like that only like more specifically for like erotic sex sounds. Kinks. Erotic. Uh, but on YouTube, like, is it yeah. video? Because you can't do that. No, I'm just saying. Like, it, well, anything that's anything, there's just you just assume there's a sex corner of it. Like, anything you know, there's a spectrum. Anything, there's, a there's always, like, a... Sp- like, you know, there's the Avengers, and there's, like, the Avengers uh, porn version. Okay. There's always... Everything has a, a porn version. So you're really into Ninja Turtles. Is there a Ninja Turtle porn? Probably. Yeah, oh, I'm sure there is. Like, anime version. Like, hentai kind of What is that? What did you like, just say? Hentai. What is that? It's, like, anime porn. <laughs> I've never heard this word before. Oh. Uh, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of why I know the word really well now. <laughs> It's not because of what you think, but uh, it's but related to that YouTube show I've been watching where there's a... <laughs> I don't want to get no. into it. It's just you going down a rabbit hole. You the word before that. Yeah, but I, now it's on my uh, mind. Because there's a, there's a thing I watch it's on, on YouTube. Head? Is it on your head? Oh, head again. Uh, there's a thing on YouTube I watch where like someone calls and he, he always tells this one person that he's into hentai or whatever. Oh, so. my God. You're so- <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's dumb. Yeah, it's you, a dumb thing. So if we're actually going to jump, that that helps us jump into our first segment of what you've been watching oh, yeah. share, but it's basically a guy who prank calls radio talk shows. Yeah, it's called Not Even a Show. He's like a Canadian guy. I, uh, yeah, it's it's a rabbit hole. 
Although the, probably the either the the coolest thing I watched or the most embarrassing thing I watched, depending on what you, depending on how you feel about it, is uh, a seven hour supercut of this guy pranking this one radio show and just saying the word shirt on the air. Did you watch all seven hours of it? <laughs> Absolutely, and I've watched a lot of the episodes it came from, so I've seen a lot of them twice. <laughs> So I thought you were going to be studying for the LSATs, but instead you're like. I mean, I will do that. I, I, I've just, I've that that specifically and especially has just taken away hours of sleep. <laughs> like that's just late at night. Not I was like, well, I could sleep or I could watch. That's this. not true because I know while I'm working since we're I did home, one. I, did I have hear one you. Day. I hear your laugh and it's a specific chuckle you have oh, when you're watching. Well, because some show. of it because it's radio based, I can have it on and do other stuff and so and not really watch it. I come out, you're on the couch, dude. That was like one day where I really was deep diving into it. <laughs> and that was after I, I turned in a whole freaking magazine like a day before that. It was hours and hours of work. Leave me alone. Anyway, so let's talk about I'm rolling the dough because this it's me. This show is called Old Millennials. That's you and I because we yeah. are old millennials. We were born in the early 80s. 83, 84. And I we call that mid 80s. Okay. Yeah. Mid is 85. 84. Oh my God. Fine. <laughs> You're such a dick. You're like, early. Everything I You're say. early. <laughs> I'm middle. So are you an old millennial then, Tyler? Sure. Oh, you're such She's a not dick. not quite as old as you. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm only six months older than you. Mm, it's older. <laughs> you're such a jerk. Anyway, we are millennials, technically, you know, 80s and 90s, and uh, that's what the show is about, talking about movies from the 80s and 90s, and we always spend the first half of the show talking about what we've been watching recently to make the show more relevant. Okay, yeah. So you've watched some good and some bad this week. Well, yeah, I mean, this is going back a little while, but um, yeah, I'll just kind of mention some of the newer stuff I watch. We have that HBO Max deal going. And so I, you know, watched had to watch the new movie, mm-hmm. and that was uh, Tom and Jerry. To which I just immediately say, no, no, thank you. <laughs> watched it with the kids. Oh, sure, we did. You were gonna watch that with or without the kids? Yeah, no, I, no, actually, no. So, question just, for you, number one: mm-hmm. Did you watch Tom and Jerry growing up? Not really. I mean, I'm were you aware with it. of it? Yeah, like that's all I have. I was aware of it. I feel like there were some shorts with some other shows. Well, I mean, I I used to watch a ton of like the Looney Tunes shorts whenever they were on, whenever mm-hmm. we were on. And I don't know if Tom and Jerry. I, th- there's not specific crossover. Maybe. I mean, I know it's all owned by the same thing now, but um, I'm not entirely sure if they were weaved in at that point. I they were never Tom, like my favorite though. So Tom and Jerry were to me very similar to Sylvester and Tweety Bird. Yeah. So all this like get 'em, got 'em stuff. And, and I mean, honestly, our generation is probably more familiar with like the the parody of that, which is like Itchy and Scratchy from The Simpsons, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's essentially they're, they're just the hyper violent version of. of Tom yeah, and I Jerry. would argue that Itchy and Scratchy is way better than well, Tom and Jerry. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean that, that it was point? that's what it stems from, though, right? I mean, it came from. Anyway, how was the new movie? It's terrible. Like, I could have told you that. (laughs) I walked in a couple times, and I was like, what is happening? So it's like that live-action world with cartoon characters in it. Which I don't, like, so yeah, like, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or, like, the Space Jam, or some of the, you know, that Looney Tunes back in action. Um, But I I don't think it's it's not hand-drawn, it's definitely, like, CGI version, which is, I mean, it's fine, but um, it's oddly a movie where they're not, like they're not the stars of the movie. Like, they're just kind of, like, side characters in this adult story of, like, Chloe Grace Moretz trying to get a job at a hotel. Weird. And so, and then she kind of cons away into the job, and then, yeah, every couple minutes just cuts to Tom and Jerry running around. So, who is this movie for? That's a good question. 
I don't think it's for anybody. I don't think yeah, kids, I don't think it's for anybody. Our kids didn't really seem all that into it either, honestly. No, they were not that interested. They were pretty impressed. disinterested and I mean they were kind of done with it and they've not asked to watch it again or anything. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean I think that tells you probably that eh, no. Nope, that's a big no. Okay. Easy. Versus like, you know, we turned on the Emperor's New Groove for them today and they seem to enjoy that because it's, you know, good. Because <laughs> it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep, so I watched that. That wasn't very good. Uh, the other thing that wasn't very good, it's not on... It was. See, I'm going to jump all over the platforms you today. Tyler. Uh, the other one, it's newer, is uh, The United States versus Billie Holiday. This is Lee Daniels' movie uh, starring Andre Day. Andre Day is a singer. You know her as a singer. This is her first movie performance. Um, she's really good in it. She won a Golden Globe, and I, I think we're, rec- we're recording this a couple days before the Oscar nominations come out. I would guess that she probably gets an Oscar nomination because she's very good. The movie around her, though, is a huge mess. <laughs> and it's to the point where, um, you know, it's about the singer Billie Holiday and how the government and the FBI were really getting into her business and, you know, taking advantage of a, a drug addiction that she had and was trying to suppress her speech because she had a song that was, like, about hangings like lynchings Ugh, and uh-huh. she was they were trying to censor that during that time period and so but the thing is is like what you hear about like the united states versus billy how do you think about legal trouble you think yeah. about courtroom stuff yeah well you get to the point and about where you, you kind of get to that point of the movie and she's in the courtroom and then she's you know been sentenced and she's gotten out and you know she seems like she's been betrayed by a certain character that she knew and now you know, she's aware of that, and you're like, okay, well, this movie must be over, and then you check, and it's like 40 minutes in, and there's oh. another hour and 40, like, another hour and a half of the movie, Ooh. and you're just like, what is this movie? Like, Weird. And it just kind of repeats itself and jumps all over the place, and yeah, it's a, it's a big mess. I, she's uh, good. Good she's, movie's She's bad. excellent. I mean, she's really, um, it's quite a performance, and she obviously sings a lot in it, and so that's really good, but man, it's not, it's tough, tough to watch. Not a great movie. That's bad. That's too bad. Yep. Um, I also watched um, the Mauritanian, which I got. That's on VOD. You got to rent that for like twenty bucks. But I actually got a uh, a screener, they, like a press, like a free screening thing. So it wasn't illegal. What, what did you get? You kind of stumbled there quite a bit. What I got. It? it was like a promo. You know, it was like a promo. Like certain people. It's did like, you request it, was, it? What happened? I requested it. It's kind of like uh, you know how they used to have sneak previews. And I listen to various podcasts and things, and they have sneak previews. Mm-hmm. And usually, they, it, during non-pandemic time, that sneak preview would be for you to go to the theater and see it. Right. Well, now they're like it's a sneak preview, but it's just a digital link. And so, I've taken it. You know, I I went. I, te- I quote unquote went to the New York Film Festival last year. Yeah, you did. You're so fancy. This I'm going year. to South by Southwest next week, but I'm all just doing all these things from my computer. I love it. I kind of, this is, I wish this is how it was, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I watched the Mauritanian, which is, um, the true story of, of a guy who was accused of being part of the nine 11 terror plot. And he was taken to Guantanamo Bay, never charged. And he was there for many, 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 many years. The movie is kind of jumps back between how he got there um, and then also, and you know, his experiences in Guantanamo and then kind of, the, it's like a co-lead, uh, situation where, um, it, it's his story and then Jodie Foster plays, uh, an attorney who's trying to help him. And so it's really good. Um, I, I liked, I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, so I think the guy's name is Tahir Rahim. I might have that wrong. He was in a really good movie called A Prophet from a, year, a few years back and he's excellent in this. And then Jodie Foster's really good. She won a 
a Golden Globe. Not that those matter, but now it seems like she might have a chance of getting mm. nominated for more things. And I actually, really, I love Jodie Foster, so um, yeah, I'm just like all in on that. And um, this was inspired by a true. Story. It's a real story. Yeah, yeah. he was uh, never. I think Benedict Cumberbatch plays like this military prosecutor who's kind of charged with gathering this evidence. The problem is, is like all the evidence that's against him is like. It's it's even redacted for Benedict Cumberbatch's character, who's supposed to be prosecuting him. He has a hard time getting this information, Jeez. and so, and then you know, spo- spoiler alert: this guy was never charged, and he was eventually released um, after like ten years of being fourteen there. years. Jesus, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And so, um, yeah, and then yeah, it's it's actually it's really good. I, it's not like a it's pretty traditionally told, but um, really well acted, and I, I just yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But I have um, to, like, pay to see it now? Yeah, you have to pay to rent it now. I've heard, it might be coming down to, like, a regular rental price pretty soon, though. That's okay. been out for a few what weeks. What was that called? The Mauritanian. Okay. And then, um... Action Jackson. Oh, yeah. I'll, that's just a little shout-out to another podcast I listen to. It's called F This Movie. They do a Twitter film festival every year where they watch movies from a certain year and they tweet about them i don't i'm not on twitter so i don't participate in that but i do like to occasionally like every year when they do this like watch one of the movies or watch a movie that i haven't seen and that was action jackson which is on hbo max and it is like carl weathers's Mm -hmm. action movie starring vehicle and i mean it's hilarious (laughs) it's great at one point he drives a like a sports car up us up the up a staircase in a mansion has great one-liners. It's uh, hyper-violent. It's cool. <laughs> okay, now don't make fun of me, but mm-hmm. is Action Jackson referenced in a bunch of other things? Is there, like, a movie where there's, like, a doll of Action Jackson where it's So you're thinking of Carl Weathers, uh-huh. the guy who's in it. He is Combat Carl in yes. the Toy Story. Which is a call it's, to Action It's an Jackson. inspiration, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Combat yeah. Carl, Action Jackson. Yeah. You I got like it. it. You got it. Okay, I was like... Super I... fun. Yeah, it was fun to watch okay. that. I like that podcast. I've listened to it for years there. They're on, like, episode six. They're way more successful than us, but... Um, we don't need to compare. It's that's cool. Fine. Good They're, for them. Anyway, I like their podcast, and so usually I like to participate in at least... Because usually it's movies I've seen, and that one happened to be one that... Because they did, like, Beetlejuice, and they did uh, Willow, which we did an episode on, and Die Hard, and so... Cool. Um, yeah, I watched one. Would you recommend Action Jackson? <laughs> oh, if yeah. I, you if you're it. into, like, 80s action, yeah, totally. Who isn't into yeah. 80s action? I mean, it would be a movie that we would cover at some point if... Yeah, anyway. Sounds great. And then I watched... Uh, I went on... Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, I went on a rant. I watched Funny Face and I watched Breakfast at Tiffany's and then I, I'm frustrated that I can't, like, watch My Fair Lady anywhere, like, for Have free. Have you not seen My Fair Lady? And I'm, so, fun story. Yeah. My family, Auntie Peggy, loves My Fair Lady. And those were, like, one of my early introductions into the land of musicals. Yes. It's got some real catchy tunes. Yeah. It's got What's-Her-Name being great. Even the DVDs on eBay are a little high. So I'm just like, well, why isn't this, like, it's not on the Turner Classic Movies app. I'm just like, come on, why can't I watch this? Anyway, I watched Funny Face, which is like, uh, nah, that was good. And then I watched Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I don't, I I swear I've I've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, but I don't remember it. I swear you've talked about it on this podcast before. Well, I love Moon, the song Moon River, and I know, like, where she sings, uh, Audrey Hepburn sings it in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a musical, but she kind of just sings it on a little on the, the rooftop or whatever and it's great okay. right and but i don't think so when i started watching this i i've never um seen it all the way through because i i was aware of this like racist like yellow face that goes on in the movie like Excuse uh me? there's like you know i guess buddy hackett or something like that and he's dressed up as an asian man and he's doing a real big caricature and it's like obviously Aww. really problematic it was probably probably it's definitely problematic then it's really problematic now 
And I was like, it's right. Like he shows up like the first five minutes. You're just like, oh man, how? Did this? Oh, <laughs> so awkward. that was distracting, and it's okay. But um, yeah, the song is better than the movie. I would say yeah. Moon River is a great song. Um, I, I'm gonna break out movie, into it right now. One of the great movie song. It's. I mean, it's not. It's not like it's definitely like. There's aspects of it that are really good, but uh, whatever. It wasn't like. I've, I'm sure I've seen it. I don't know. It's weird that I. It's just been a long time since I've had it since I'd watched it. So. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then there's other stuff we watched, but it's stuff that you saw with me. So Yes. So if you go back a few episodes, we recorded our favorite movies of 2020. Mm-hmm. And coming in at your top number one was Nomadland, yeah. which I had not seen. Yep. And so just last night we watched it. It's on Hulu now. And um, I had seen it part of a, one of those digital festivals, but um, it's been in, on Hulu now for a couple weeks. It took us a little while to fire it up, but we did. Um, yeah. What did you think? Frances McDermott is just the best. She is. And it's a really different performance for her, by the way. Like, it's not, like... It's not showy, but it's still just, like... I think one thing that's great about her is she just seems like a regular person. Even in her other roles that are more showy, she's just... I don't know. Yeah, I. you know, it's... it's. She's such a great actor. Showy's not the right word. She's just... She's commanding, I guess. She usually take Even, like, in her best... You know, one of the great performances of all time is Fargo... She's just commanding in that, despite being, like, kind of a quiet yeah. cop that doesn't... You know, she's very nice. She's Minnesota nice, and, you know... But she... I mean, she just takes that movie, right? Yeah. And in Nomadland, well, the reason why I think it's different is that it's... She just... It's a mix of, you know, real-life people that are in this movie and actors. And while she's the focus, she still, like, seemingly just blends right in with this crowd, which I thought was different for her and she's you know she's just she doesn't have like a big speech or anything it's um yeah what are are your other thoughts about it um what i love about movies Mm -hmm. is that they can take you anywhere and a lot of movies like the ones we're going to talk about today are take you know in someone's imagination it's all pretend but this i feel it's fun to go to movies where you get to see someone's life experience or see a world that you don't know exists and kind yeah. of get to, like, ride with that for a little while. And I just feel like movies like No Man Land really just help grow your own empathy and make you a better person because you just get to, like, see someone else's experience that's real feeling and raw. And, you know, ah, the, these are people that exist in our country today, and they do this, you know... I don't know. It's a movie about Frances McDormand plays a recent widow who has lost all of her work. The whole town is basically shut down, so she decides to kind of go from job to job, town to town, kind of traveling in a van. And there's this lifestyle of people that kind of live in their vans or their RVs, and yeah, out of necessity for the most part. Not in like an Instagram traveling the world, but like surviving, but still trying to be like we're getting away freedom, but they still have to take you know kind of crappy jobs to kind of make ends meet and. Yeah, I, what I what I love about it is it's um it it is it's not glamorous. No. It, and you you feel the necessity but you also feel why someone would choose it too or it, it's just a very realistic depiction. I think there there are aspects of it that do seem glamorous and do seem like that's perfect for that kind of person. But then you know, you also see like, well, but it comes with like these 90 things, right? Yes. And so I really love that and I just also love how first I mean it's gorgeous to I mean every Half the movie is shot at, like, sunrise or sunset, so it's, like, yes. gorgeous all the time. But even in, like, places that are, you know, open open spaces, desert and stuff like that. Um, the other reason I just love it is that you really, you get a, I, I find her arc, McDermott's 
are really powerful and just quietly powerful. It kind of just builds and builds, and then it reaches this last ten minutes that I think are just kind of gut wrenching and and hope, but hopeful. It's a very weird. Uh, it's like a mel- it's like a melancholy of a movie, which I just it's like one of my favorite feelings of movies <laughs> is a movie that makes you feel both like hopeful and sad and emotional yeah. about everybody very on screen. Complex. So very she's got a great arc, but I love Chloe Zhao as a director, and she she takes time to listen to some other person tell their little story for a minute. And these are, some of them are real people. A lot of them are real people that really do live this lifestyle. And she's so empathetic with her camera and the way that she lets them have that conversation. And so you really get a glimpse of people really quickly, even though you may only spend like 60 seconds with them, but you just feel so much for them. And that's tough. That's really, I think a lot of people might look at the movie from a surface level and think like, well, not a lot happens in that movie. But, like, it's kind of remarkable how much, like, emotional, like, character work that gets done in such little moments. Like, it's it's yeah. kind of amazing. There's a lot of depth, and this director makes it look easy, which makes it an easy watch. She, like, like she, it's good. So I think she's going to win the Oscar for at least Best Director. I don't know if the movie won Best Picture, but what's crazy about Chloe Zhao is that... She's got her next movie in the can, mm-hmm. and it's Marvel's The Eternals, <laughs> which is the giant, like, movie of, like, gods of, like, it's, you know, it's a $200 million Marvel movie. And I'm kind of, like, I bet you it's great. Like, it's just, like, I don't know how she's going to, it's so different, but I just, I can't wait to see, like, what that is from her. It sounds like they're happy. With, I mean, yeah. by all accounts, like, the rumor is that... I think it was done before the pandemic even hit. Everything has been delayed, obviously, but... It's such a challenge for directors to go from making a smaller budget movie into having a lot of money and telling such a broad story versus a very, like, specific story. If you listen to her talk and you see them, and if you've seen the writer and if you've seen this, you would never think that she would take that job. Right. And, but the fact that she, like, took it and wanted to do it, I just find it to be very, like, that's fascinating to me. So I can't wait to see what that is because... Right. Yeah, like a good director is a good story. She's gonna and how I mean, interesting. Dominant Disney here, here, like they're gonna. She's gonna win Best Director, and then like her next movie is gonna. Disney's just like, oh, we got the two hundred million dollar Eternals with like Angelina Jolie coming out with her. It's like crazy, weird, so weird. It's crazy. So I would definitely recommend watching that movie. It's still my. It's like I think it's watching it again was the second time I'd seen it. Um, I'm glad I put it at number one. I think it's far and away the best movie from last year. And it still has a chance to maybe win the Best Picture Oscar. I don't know if it will, but late last year, the best movie won. So Parasite won. That was actually like the real best picture. It was so good. So I don't know. No Man Land's great. Not for everybody, maybe, but I don't know. Give it a chance. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I feel like even if it, it doesn't, you know, move you as much as others, it's still just really interesting to watch. Yeah, it's not a movie. You gotta put, like, you, you don't have your phone on. Yeah, you That's wanna fully one. engage. Like, you wanna, like, just let it settle and let it kinda wash over you a little bit. But. Yeah. Okay, the last thing we watched was a kids' movie. <laughs> yeah. We watched Flora and Ulysses. This is on Disney Plus. And it is a, it's based on a young adult novel. It's about a girl who's, and it was nice because her parents in the movie are separated, like, not divorced, but separated. Not one of them is dead. Which yeah. is a good start. Now there's a side character that there's a, a supporting character that does have a dead uh, parent. So whatever, but at least the main character has two living parents. Yeah, it's getting to the point where now our kids are like, oh, what? There's not a dead parent. Like our five. Because all the kid movies are like that, right? And you and I have probably made too much commentary mm-hmm. on it because now our five year old was like, mom, every movie has like I a know. dead mom or dad. And I was like, well, that's us. 
quite sure. A lot I mean, of these it, kid movies do. It does seem that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, Allison Hannigan and Ben Schwartz are the separated parents, and really the hook of the movie is that this girl uh, finds this uh, squirrel <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, ends up going to get sucked into a vacuum and then comes out with some superpowers, like actual superpowers. Mm-hmm. And it is like it. It's not a talking squirrel, which I appreciate. It doesn't yes. start talking. Agreed. Um, it's a CGI creation, but it looks pretty good actually. Um, I think this movie was probably meant for theaters back in the before times, but not big enough to like justify putting out theaters now. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it was okay. <laughs> like it wasn't the worst thing we ever watched. It was fine. Yeah, I like the casting, right? I like, uh, what's his name? Ben Schwartz is good and, you know, good enough in it. Al's hand's good enough in it. The girl mm-hmm. is pretty good, yeah. really. And, the only uh, character I didn't like was her little buddy guy, her, her little friend, her neighbor friend. Well, the, like, the kid his... who's got hysterical blindness. Yeah, I thought odd. that was, like, just, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't for me, but... The community the fans have Danny Pudi, uh, Abed is the <laughs> sort of villain in the movie, which is odd. Oh, yeah, two community guys there. Yeah, which, no, not two community guys, one community guy. And that's Jean-Ralphio, Jean-Ralphio is in Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Elsa Hannigan's Correct. is How I Met Your Mother. Come on, man. Oh, yep. Anyway, you our kids, I mean, our kids definitely enjoyed that more than Tom and Jerry. I'll put that out there. Well, obviously. So, it was all right. Okay. Not the worst thing in the world. Watchable. Yep. That's it. That's, that's all, all I got. That's all you got? You've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. I know that. Listen. <laughs> when people are always like, how do you have time to do everything? I was like, I have time to, like watch eight seasons of Game of You're Thrones. You're almost done with Game of Thrones. I am halfway through season seven. I, I will be done with this in a couple days. And you're going to get to the point where everybody's mad at Game of Thrones, from what I hear, so... Oh, I know. Shut up. Don't spoil it for me. Okay. I'm getting to the good parts. The dragons are di- are big. People are fighting. You want... It's great because this... Okay. So I know that it's upsetting. It's an upsetting show because, like, everybody gets murdered at some point. And half the time you're upset, but also half the time you're happy because they're terrible people who deserve to get murdered. Sure, that's not, that's true. It's just it's a weird show that combines, like... like Dinklage is still around, Dinklage though, right? Dinklage is still around for now. You're not going to ever get rid of Dinklage. I don't know. Dinklage has come close a couple times. Dinklage is eternal, man. It's just weird that there's, like, knights and armor, and then there's, like, these zombies. It's like, what is happening? It's weird. Anyway, it's, it's, it's Game good, of though. Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'll never watch it. No, you won't. I know you won't. <laughs> it's just too much of a commitment. I don't know. I'm just not going to do that. I mean, you'll listen to seven hours of prank phone calls, but yeah. I mean... Don't say a shirt. Don't say a shirt. Don't say a shirt. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about. I don't about. care. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what we've been watching. Yeah. Okay. okay. Now, do you want to play the 100th episode game? I guess. Okay. This game do is we? based do we off want to play of... That, play this game is based off of uh, the most popular segment of Old Millennials Remember Movies, which is Angela Explains It All. Okay. And now this is a variation of the game. No. And it's called Angela Remembers It All. Nah, 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 nah. Don't talk over my song. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, get off the thing. Close it. Nope. I'm going to keep it open. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, if I see you scroll over there, you're going to lose. I'm going to scroll. No, it's not fun. The fun part is that you have to remember. Oh, you mean the fun part is that I forget and look like an asshole. I think you're going to get some of these. Okay. So what I did was I put a very vague one-sentence description of uh, the movies that we've covered 
uh, on the show. 99 episodes of movies that we've covered. Not like what you remember, uh, uh, like what you've been watching movies, but like a featured movie. Yes. Okay. okay? So, and then I'm going to see if you can guess the you're movie. Such a jerk. I'm not going to know any of them. Yeah, I think you're going to know remember. them. Um, some of them are going to get it, but can some you, of them I'm being a little tricky. Did you start with like some warm ups to get me going? No. You're such <laughs> a jerk. You always want to just jump right to it. Some of them are fun because they're like, they're like, they're vague. I made a vague description you're such a for jerk. fun. Okay. Okay, so the first one. Okay. Okay, I'll do it in the voice so that you will try to remember it, okay? Oh, okay. This might help you. Delroy Lindo doesn't want anybody peeking. Congo. Congo! Oh, one point. <laughs> the episode is Congo. Episode 43 okay, was good. Congo. Cool. Okay, so you got that That was that a long time did ago. Did it help you that I did the You've voice? done that one so many times. Don't want anybody peeking. Yeah, but that's like a... Tyler speak now. Delroy Lindo, by the way, is the best, and he's in Defy Bloods, and I think he's going to get snubbed for an Oscar. Maybe not. Maybe I'll be wrong about that, but that's shit, man. He's great. Yes. Um, okay, next one. A man's family comes to visit him at his work and is greeted by unexpe- and they are greeted by unexpected house guests. A man's family comes to visit him at work? At his work and are greeted by unexpected house guests. House guests. I don't know. I'd don't look. No, no. No. Unexpected house guests. I don't know. Several unexpected house guests. I don't know. A man's family comes to visit him at his work in the jungle and is greeted by a house full of unexpected house guests. I don't know what you're talking about. They live there. <laughs> They're pets. They're pets. Pets. Oh, is it Roar? It's Roar! <laughs> He live. He works at a lion uh, that was a sanctuary. Trick. I, That's why it's fun. I don't like these tricky ones. You're and an elephant that is very abusive to everybody. I mean, I just want to watch Roar again and talk about Roar that. is episode seventy three. If I had, if I had to tell anybody to listen to one episode, well, to watch any of the movies that we've mm-hmm. ever covered, I would mm-hmm. say Roar is the one you got to watch. Roar is a, is a, <laughs> is a gem mm-hmm. that is not popular that needs to be. Yeah, we just watched it on YouTube for free. Yes, we did. I'm not aware if it's still on there or not. I would pay $2 for that. <laughs> yes, you should, and, yeah. and you should. Yeah. So that was episode 73, Roar, okay. with an exclamation point. All right. Okay. I'm one for two. An estranged couple reconnect when testing out their years-in-the-making advanced scientific instrument. What the fuck, Tyler? An estranged couple. I don't know what that they is. They reconnect. A couple. Serendipity. A man and a woman. Mm-hmm. They reconnect... With their work, because mm-hmm. they've been spending years making the state-of-the-art equipment. I don't know. Jurassic Park. We didn't do Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, we won't know. do Jurassic Park. It's too good. Your descriptions are tricky, and I don't like them. That's why it's fun. I'm even scrolling, and I'm like, I don't know. What <laughs> oh, you're not even going to scroll, because this is going back to episode one. The Lost World? Do you not remember our first episode? Oh, Twister. Twister. They're a couple that's estranged, oh, and they're yeah. working on their Dorothy machine that goes into the tornado. That's right. Okay. Here you go. A peacekeeping squad tries to stop a vicious country-invading dictator. Predator. No. I mean, that could describe Predator. A dic- Is the Predator a dictator? Probably. He's <laughs> trying to dictate some death. <laughs> <laughs> a peacekeeping squad... Tries to stop a vicious country-invading dictator. Robocop. Nope. I don't know. (laughs) Your your descriptions aren't fair. The the peacekeeping leader is an American, but he's definitely not an American. (laughs) What? Tyler, you're enjoying this too much. This is not fun. (laughs) 
Your segment is terrible. Nah, 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 nah. Street Fighter. You just looked it up. Yeah, but I don't remember what Street Fighter is about. Is it Street Fighter? Raul Julia is Bison. He's an invader. He invades a country. And it's not like the video game at all. That was episode 34. Okay. Okay. Van surfing and a pants-dropping conspiracy theory. Van surfing? Van surfing. What was that And a pants-dropping conspiracy theory. Yeah, there was a guy that was surfing around on a van. What movie was that? (laughs) It's a movie we covered. It was a movie we covered. And there's a pants-dropping controversy at the end of the film. Was it? Let's see. Does someone drop their pants or not? Oh, what was that? That was a a telling scene. And there's van surfing, which is also very telling for this movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No. No. It's not that. (laughs) Uh, it wasn't rad. It wasn't the fifth element. <laughs> You're just looking at the movies on here. I don't know. It wasn't Goonies. Gal- I don't remember. He's kind of... Uh, summer? He's got long hair. <laughs> he's got long hair. Point Break? He's got long... We haven't done Point Break, have we? Yeah. Oh, you did do Episode 78. <laughs> nice. You lose a point. For- I get a point for that. <laughs> okay, you do. <laughs> that was okay, regular bye. surfing, not van surfing. God, just give me another clue. The climatic, the pants dropping conspiracy theory takes place at the climax of a sporting event. That's not helpful. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, if you're thinking a basketball game. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Oh yeah, Teen Wolf. That's what it was. <laughs> He's on the van surfing. Yeah, that was that was. And then there's a controversy yeah. whether someone's pants are down. That at the was end. an interesting van surfing. That was episode forty. You don't see that a lot. No nope. van surfing. All right, next one. You definitely don't want to mess with this movie's puzzle box. Oh, that's the one we watched. It had a puzzle box. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a creepy movie. Mm-hmm. Is it Hellraiser? It is Hellraiser. Yeah. Hellraiser, episode 55. Because Hellraiser is a memorable movie. Yeah, well, so, so is Teen Wolf. It is. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a wolf playing basketball. If you had said it's a wolf playing basketball, I would have gotten it. Well, I know, but that would have been too easy. I know. Okay. All right, this one might be a little tricky. You fuck. These are okay. A teen tries to get romantic advice and fails from one Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. A teenager tries to get romantic advice by calling up Barry Manilow. Does not talk to him. Clueless. No. She's all that. Can't hardly wait. There you go. Can't hardly wait. You just went through our teen episodes. (laughs) Can't hardly wait was episode 15, way back in the day. That's a very specific... uh, Okay. There's this is a two-part one. I feel like the first one might be hard, but the second clue might be helpful. Okay. A thoughtful examination on illegal immigration. There's a second clue. Plus a goat. Plus a goat. There's a goat. Mm-hmm. And the thoughtful examination of illegal immigration in our country. What? What was that? The goat, at one point... Is it Lost World? Gets painted green. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. The fucking <laughs> soccer movie. What was that called? The Big Green? The Big Green. Which was a mix of... That was a combo episode between The Big Green and the other soccer movie, Ladybugs. Oh, episode 82. Yeah. That was a good one. Okay. A mom with amnesia finds trouble and the baddest motherfucker as a best friend. A mom with amnesia. A mom with amnesia finds trouble and the baddest motherfucker as a best friend. Sam Jackson? You're on the right track there. As a best friend? Mm-hmm. And a mom with amnesia? She gets amnesia. God. But then she realizes... I don't remember, Tyler. <laughs> Give me more clues. Give me another clue. She remembers that she used to have another life. So, is it Unbreakable? <laughs> That's Sam Jackson. 
<laughs> He's in that movie. Is, there a, is that a prominent uh, female lead in Unbreakable? No, Robin Wright's like fourth build. I don't know. You've given me weird things. The mom with amnesia. She realizes she was used to be an assassin. What was that? <laughs> it's a great movie. Mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Now yeah, you... yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it in my mind. God, what was it? It was, uh... You were recovering from appendicitis when we recorded this episode. It's the one episode that we have not recorded in this studio. In this room, I mean. Okay, okay. No, it... Okay. You're looking on the freaking page. Well, I just need to see the name of it. I know what movie it is. <laughs> it wasn't Reindeer Games. <laughs> it was kind of like that, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, God. What was it? I, I, uh... Kiss... The Long Kiss Goodnight? The Long Kiss Goodnight, episode 45. Oh, I had passed it. Okay. And every man squares off against an evil troll. Oh, a troll. Troll hunter. Did we do that one? <laughs> nope. And every man, and he's every a real man? every man, squares off against an evil troll. I don't know. <laughs> troll. Troll's not in the description. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Give me another clue. Um, there's a tree house. <laughs> there's a tree house? Mm-hmm. A three ninjas. No, the everyman has a weird relationship with many children in the in the town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Ernest Scared Stupid? It's Ernest Scared Stupid. That's episode right. 54. That is unusual. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's an everyman. He is. Yeah. Is he? All right. Hold this one. This one's interesting because well, Joey Pants is going to come up later. Joey Pants sings a nursery rhyme. Baby's Day Out? Yeah. Baby's Day Out, episode 48. Christopher you... Lloyd mm-hmm. gets beat up by a kindergartner. Christopher Lloyd does? Christopher Lloyd gets beat up by a kindergartner. Is it kindergarten cop? No. We did do kindergarten cop, but that's not what this is. Gets beat up by a kindergarten. Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd. Gets beat by Kindergartner. One of the 12 movies that we've covered written by John Hughes. That's not helpful. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. Home Alone? He's got bad teeth in the movie. Home Alone? He's not in Home Alone. Uh, what else have we watched? A lot of, <laughs> a lot of John Hughes movies. <laughs> what is it? Dennis the Menace. Oh, yeah, Dennis the Menace. He's, Christopher he's the, Lloyd's in that movie? He's the guy, he's the homeless guy, the troublemaker that How grabs him. How the fuck him. would I would remember that? It's very memorable. The whole last half hour is him just getting, like, terrorized by Dennis the Menace. I forget that that was him. Okay. Final one. Okay. That was episode 69, by the way. Nah. <laughs> the last one. Got it. The main character of this movie has a best friend named George Calamari. Oh, we just did this one. Calamari. Cal... Oh, it's not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nope. It's, uh... God, we just... A lot of weird names in this movie. That's there the weirdest. Was, that was, like, we just wanted to talk about all the weird names. The main star... The, the main uh, star of the movie, his name is... His character's name is Hoops. <laughs> uh, crazy... One crazy... Nope. One hot, crazy summer. What is it? <laughs> crazy summer days. <laughs> One hot summer night. What is it? Man, keep going. You might get it. You're close. I feel like there's summer in it. One crazy summer. One crazy summer, episode 80. (laughs) I feel like you did pretty good (laughs) with the list in front of you. Even looking at the list, I'm impressed at all the movies we've uh, watched and talked about. Nah, 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 nah. There you go. That's the game I planned for 100 episodes. 100 episodes. (laughs) Cheers to myself. Cheers. All right. Are you ready to do this? 
Well, we're 43 minutes in. Well, it's a special episode, and we spent five minutes clinging our <laughs> wine glasses together. You know, I feel like it's important to get a good cling. Yeah, okay. Why enough. are you putting the bottle over there? I don't know. Oh, I didn't to want to it. knock it over. I'm trying to keep it from me, I see. Yeah, you're getting a little uh, over there. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. So, <laughs> should we talk about The Matrix? Yes. All right. So The Matrix. We watched, uh, this has been the first time we'd seen these, I think, since oh, a long time ago. Um, yeah. We watched all three. We didn't watch them. We watched, like, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday scenario. We took took 24 hours off in between each, uh, each screening. Um, we'll start with the first one, but what do you remember about The Matrix? Yeah, so what do you remember? The segment where we sit down before the movie starts and are rewatch and write what we remember about the movie. So I am notorious for taking meticulous notes. Yes, you, you take a lot of good notes. <laughs> and uh, for this one, this mm-hmm. is what I wrote about what I remember. Okay. It's The Fucking Matrix. Got it. That's all you need to know. Okay. Um, I wrote a little thing for all three real quick. Of just, course you did. Um, you just, just copied it from Wikipedia. No, I didn't. I just wrote about what I remember. Um, okay. So I just, a couple things. I did see the first one with my parents because it was R. Oh, okay. And it was uh, not quite when I was, set. I think I was, was 1999. I would have been 15, 16, 16, 15. You don't know how to 15, do math. 16. You were born in 1984. Mm-hmm. It came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. So, 1999. 1999. Mm-hmm. So you were 15. Yeah. Maybe it was, yep. <laughs> Those are, that's math. But 99 I, minus 80. I did see it in a theater, though. Um, and it, because, and I remember because everybody's worried about it because of the, this was a big, uh, school shootings where well, this was Columbine a big, it happened. An, I mean, yeah. So it, like, very the, close to that. In and the advertising shows a lot of the gunplay and the one, the lobby sequence in, in particular coat. and the trench coat. Yeah. So I remember that. I remember seeing it then. Then number two, uh, I remember this is going into our relationship now. I was we just got done with a semester at college. It was our really our our first year of college that we were getting done with. Um, summer break had just started for us at college, and you uh, <laughs> quit a job. Like you were working at a call center that I worked at briefly. But you hung you with had, a little longer. You had already quit. Oh yeah, it was a terrible job. Yeah, and I, it's like I don't need. I, I had another job I was going to go to in the summer anyway. Yep, but, summer was coming. Yep, so I would quit that before that it happened. But you were, <laughs> you were still working there. I was there. scheduled to work that day. And then I was like, I'm gonna go to the. Well, I was gonna go. I can't remember. What, I was gonna go with somebody. And yeah. you're like, I'm gonna go to the Matrix, and you're just like. Oh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I was like, you're going to go without me? I want to see that movie. I said, and I told you I'd go with you again, yeah. and I was fine. I just, you know, we were going to go. I but like, mm. So you're just like, I'm going to go. So then go. you ended up going. Yeah. And I so quit. you ended up quitting. Yep. Um, and then I... job for Matrix. What was weird is that I ended up still seeing that movie a second time that weekend because I went back up to... Because our, our college is a little bit far away from where I was going to work. And a couple other friends wanted to go, and I was like, fine. So I ended up seeing The Matrix loaded twice within, like, th- four days. Yeah, uh, which is a little more common back when I was younger and definitely not something I do now. Um, yeah. And then number three we saw together at the old University 4 theater. And I remember – I remember this is a weird thing I remember about the movie. I remember us kind of uh, standing uh, before it started. Mm-hmm. 
out in the little tiny. The theater was tiny, yeah. little thing. Four, four screens. I remember we very were tiny lobby. standing out there, and but then I don't remember the movie except when we walked out, being like, eh. <laughs> like it was just <laughs> that, that was, was the end. That was. And it's notable because it came out. Um, this was a they shot the sequels concurrently and or you know one after another and. The first one came out in May, the second one did, and then the third one came out either November or December. So it was in the same year they actually put these out. So, um, yeah, that's what happened with The Matrix. Um, yeah, what is jingling? It's the bottle cap. Oh, it's the bottle cap. Hanging okay. on to the bottle. Gotcha. Ding, 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 ding. So, uh, do you want to do some high stats on the first film? High stats. So, The Matrix. I'd love to know the release date. April? March 31st, okay. yep. 1999. Yep. Uh, two hours and sixteen minutes. Rated R. Yep. What else you want to know? I want to know the box office. I know it's directed by the Wachowskis, Lana. And, is it Lana and Lara? Right. Mm-hmm. Lana and Lara. It Wachowski. had a budget of sixty-three million, and gross cumulative worldwide gross is four hundred sixty-six million. This was a sleeper hit. I don't think a lot of people. I mean, I think the trailer was cool and people were excited about it, but it wasn't like you know that budget's pretty modest. They weren't expecting yeah. it to be. Um, a big, a big, big thing, but it ended up being kind of a sensation of that year. And in a year where, you know, movies, 99 is considered a really great movie year, and this is maybe the high watermark of the blockbusters of the year. So, it was a big deal. It was a big fucking deal. And it stars, uh, Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, our best- Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, uh, our best friend, Joe Panilana, aka Joey Pants. Yeah, Joey Pants. And some other people. And, uh, yeah, it was well-received. Uh, visually was, I mean, the big thing about The Matrix, I remember, besides the talk about the violence, was that because of the way we did bullet time, the technology where the camera was swooping was around slow-mo. Time. Yeah. Then we got a lot of copycats and the jokes of the scary movies doing it, and it just became kind of a thing where now when you watch The Matrix, when that, like, first time that Trinity or whatever does, like, a bullet time, you're just like, oh, this is really weird. Like, because now it's, like, kind of like this... It's just... It's just weird, because it's, like, a... It's... Number one, it's very predominant in, like, video games, like, slooping around. Because that's the other thing I remember. I remember when the sequels came out, there was a video game uh, that came out, too, where you were in charge of Jada Pinkett's character, mm-hmm. and they had like cutscenes of like that weren't in the movie of her character. Like that was a big deal. It was a big tie-in, right? And the Animatrix had come out with those yeah. little prequel video, like yeah. short animated things, right? It was a big. They tried to make this a big splash, and the game was fine, but the you got to be Matrixy, and the you know you could slow things down, and like the bullets would slow down. And now that's like every game is like you have. When I played the Batman Arkham games, it's like you can slow into Bat mode where you're moving around slower. It's all. It's a very video game thing, right? The swooping around and yeah. the slow mowing. But they and all definitely that. pioneered pioneered the But it is a little thing. weird when it like it goes into those uh especially these kind of like iconic like her like posed kick and then Keanu Reeves is like dodging of the bullets backwards yes. and stuff like that. I enjoyed rewatching that though. Yeah. I didn't find it like comical or like a joke. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah, Do it's you- been mocked, but it's still it's the Matrix. It's the fucking Matrix. Do you remember when you saw the movie first? Do you think you saw it in the theater, or did you have to wait for the video? I feel like I saw it in the theater. Did you? Like you went with your parents, maybe? No, I did not go with my parents. You Snuck should know in. this about my parents. They, I just, they've never been to the movie theater. I basically. remember they were not... And the reason I remember I went with my parents because I remember our theaters where there's only two instances when I was underage 
where there were movies that they were like actually carding for. It was The Matrix, and then it was a little bit older when I when I was old enough to see it, but they were making a big deal about it when Freddy Got Fingered yep. came out, Tom Green's movie, and I was that I had just turned like uh, seventeen as when you could do it. But they were they carted everybody for that movie. Here's what I remember. Mm-hmm. That was 99. We yeah. were sophomores, probably. Mm-hmm. I was friends with a bunch of seniors that year. Oh, okay. And so I feel like they just bought tickets and, and then... just sat down, sure. And then we, they gave us the tickets, and then we walked in all together. I mean, and that's fine. I mean, I used to do that, too, but it was like... At- it was it was notable because like there's other R rated movies that I saw bef- well before I was 17 that they were just like yeah one to that movie and they'd be like okay mm-hmm. <laughs> like they didn't care but then that movie they yeah. were like they cared it might have also been one of those times where we just bought tickets for a different movie sure well that's but, the other thing but I don't think we did that I feel like somebody went and bought us tickets and then we all just yeah. went as a big group gotcha and you remember liking it right and that was yeah because I'm that. not stupid it was a great love this this genre. So, um, yeah, I mean, what were your, you know, general impressions of watching this first one in specifically, um, again? It's still awesome. Yeah. Right? And I have more <laughs> appreciation for Keanu Reeves than I used to. I think a lot of people do. Um, that it's, uh, it's interesting. I think we, Keanu Reeves has always been someone that I've, I've liked a lot in certain movies and then like, it's, it's always was kind of a gag when he was in something else, right? But like, ever since, Kind of the the Keanu Reeves when John Wick be kind of became, now I mean Keanu Reeves is just considered like awesome and cool by literally everybody now right like he can do no wrong everybody loves Keanu Reeves now but it wasn't always that way right everybody kind of used to make fun of him for some of his like stiff quote unquote acting choices and I think that this is a great example of he's not stiff he's playing certain characters that kind of have to be in a state of bewilderment or yes. awe or... He gets cast in these characters that are kind of dullards. And so, a little bit, yeah. So he, he's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I mean, like, so I think he's And now it's kind of character. enjoyable. Like, yeah. I think the gag of him saying, whoa, yeah. is actually a really great moment in the movie. Like, it's per- it's kind of just, like, exactly what you want from, from that character in yes. that moment. So it is but nice I mean, to... But there are some times where his choices don't necessarily match his character, but that, I feel like, is more writing. So, like, he's supposed to be this, like, computer hacker, uh-huh. but then there's times where he's like, AI, you mean artificial oh, that's a intelligence? Like, yeah, it was what weird. the fuck? Like, <laughs> uh, what? This character would uh, know that. The movie's trying to, like, throw in, like... And it's weird now, because they're very, like, not... They're not difficult ideas. Yeah. I don't even feel like AI was even a, a difficult idea in 99, but, like, it they certainly say it... Yeah. They say it in this movie, like, oh, we've got to make sure the audience understands what we're talking about there when we say AI. There was another one where he was, like, like, clarifying what it meant, and you're like, you're a fucking computer hacker, you know what this means. Yeah, it is kind of silly. Um, it was weird watching... Um, <clears throat> the like from a millennial perspective mm-hmm. just the phone line like D- DSL was the only way we connected to the internet sure. in 1999 right. it, or not even DSL it was dial up right so it was definitely all phone connections mm-hmm. so now 223 years later the technology differences that's a little like oh oh they're connecting via the telephone yeah <laughs> like i feel like our kids would be like what is that that they're picking up <laughs> Yeah, for like, sure. Like, I have a toy phone, but, like, how does that connect to the internet? Like, Right, yeah. It's definitely... Term. And, you know, this is another world that relies on pay phones and stuff like that. That's, like, that's non-existent mm-hmm. in our current world anymore. But and, I love it. I, yeah, I, love, I love that, though. Uh, a couple of... You know, a few things that I would note. Um, you know, we don't have to go too crazy into minutia, but I... What I appreciate it is, is, like, all the fights 
are really well done. Like, like they're still great. Like, um, I love how this movie pauses for, uh, Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne to have like this training fight. Yeah. Like it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just this great fight. That's just ex- expertly choreographed and filmed great. And, and even though it's doing some, some bending of reality, a little bit, right. It's Not still a, ton. a lot of like, Kung yeah. fu karate it's great. stuff going on. And it you know, and that obviously had you know, they they brought in the, the big guns to, to choreograph all yes. those things and would do other lots of other great things, right? Um so those are really good. I also I mean Lawrence Fishburne, especially in this movie, is uh so essential to this thing working in that he's his character is tasked with literally all the heavy, heavy lifting of this world in yeah. this universe and explaining what is going on yep. to Keanu Reeves and the Matrix and everything that's going on and he's just I mean he's great at it it's he he's just like this ultra cool cool voice so anything he says is kind of interesting the way his cadences in this movie yeah. is you know very specific and so it that that was an amazing choice of just like casting the right person to get you through a lot of the tech jargon like not te- it's not tech jargon but it's just like there's a lot of plot you know there's a world inside of a world they've got to unplug a person they've got to take a red pill or a blue pill to get it out then you got to go get a thing and then you got to train you got to get something in your brain oh you got to stick another thing in the back of your head if you want to go in but if you die in the matrix you die in real life and blah blah mm-hmm. blah there's just a hundred different things right and he's kind of tasked with explaining a lot of it and but he's cool and he's a cool you know he's got a fun you know his, it, the, 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 every the, every way that he says it is just kind of interesting and it works i never felt like it was hard to understand what was happening in the movie but i remember after watching it the first time like when it first came out mm-hmm. the people were like like what was ha-? like i'm conf- i'm a little there was really? confusion but maybe i was just like you know it was high schoolers who were like like wow what what like what was that yeah, it's... I, it's I not that hard. You plug in, you plug out, like, I don't know. No, it's, it's not. It's not a big deal. And there's there's actually some really... I really appreciate a lot of the... We'll talk about this in the sequel, too. Like, a great underrated sequence is kind of when um, a couple different things involving this prawn tracking system that Agent uh, Smith puts inside of him. Like, when he first gets threatened by them when he's getting interrogated, his mouth shields seal shut yeah, and he's got like that so terror. Cool. And then they've got to get that prawn thing out of him in the back of the car. The shrimp bug looking thing. Yeah. These are just kind of like really cool, like small sequences with the, I mean, they, they're enhanced with some special effects, but they're just, they're kind of these minutia moments that kind of work really well to kind of build, you know, cause you don't get a lot of the Kung Fu type stuff until later. Right. But there's just kind of a lot of that intrigue going on. Right. Which I appreciated. Um, Joey Pants is uh, <laughs> great. It, I I forgot how early they kind of reveal him to be a kind of this backstabber. I appreciate that they don't they didn't like hide it until the end and then be like <gasps> reveal. It was just well, you like... know, because in the beginning you know that someone has betrayed Trinity early yes. and she's getting chased, and so you have to know that there's somebody on the inside that's screwing them over. Yeah. So I like that there's no one. It's not annoying. Like he has one scene where it's like, well, they lingered on Joey Panzer for a minute, and then after that very scene, he's, he's meeting eating. with Agent Smith yeah. and eating that steak and stuff and so i liked that the only bummer that i the only the only thing that i'm sad about is that um he dies and therefore they don't bring it back for the sequels sad. i feel like they should have brought some joey pants back man he did i know tired of joey pants getting killed man doesn't get killed in congo bring so, him back for that congo sequel so do you think that the concept of the matrix is still relevant today well, um, I, I mean, we can, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that. 
now, I suppose. Um, <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Well, I, there's a documentary. There's one of the reasons we, this kind of came to mind of doing this episode in the first place. There is a documentary um, about like this Matrix theory. Uh, uh, a, a, is it a blip in the Matrix? I think is the documentary was being called. Um, and it's about people that believe that we are actually plugged into. There's like a religion around mm-hmm. Matrix. It's all like the Matrixology or something. Well, that and this, but this is specifically people that believe that um, we could be plugged in. And and even, I mean, the theory itself is not um, that. I, I think a lot of real scientists have laid, weighed in on being like, yeah, that's certainly possible because we would not know. <laughs> like if they, if it was so good that you could simulate that, I guess we would not know, and therefore it is possible. And so that's interesting, I guess. And in, in in some regard, I think that the documentary gets into some icky things about like what people do because they feel like there's no consequences in the world or something like that and yeah, that's a weird a problem whole, yeah mm-hmm. i also think that this movie has oddly been um like anything that's really uh sci- science fiction and it very popular and influential you see a lot of the um political uh messaging that gets co-opted by this i think mm-hmm. that i think both the left and the right have found messages in the matrix that you know, appeal to their core beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of the red pill, the blue pill is kind of the most like glaring, uh, you know, visual cue that you could think of. But I mean, knowing the Wachowskis, you know, I think there's been some speculation about like what the matrix is in relation to maybe their own journey as filmmakers and as people and kind mm-hmm. of their own journey for their, you know, when it comes to gender politics and things like that. But again, I think a lot of that maybe has been co-op, you know, like a lot of these theories of, and I, I think the, it, what's interesting about that is that when something is good, it's a lot easier to kind of do that, right? Yes. Um, you can you can find ways to apply a lot of things, and I think that um, it's a smart piece of filmmaking because it does pose questions without being heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you a specific. Um, I don't think they tip their hand necessarily in terms of what they're maybe trying to say or want to say. I think you can apply a lot of different ideas to it. Yeah, you could come into it and just take it as a cool sci-fi movie. Yeah. Or you could come into it and read into it and 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 take that messaging because, and yeah, interpret I mean, it however you And what we want. know about the Wachowskis, and especially the sequels kind of reveal this, is that I think they do have um, a lot of those ideas on their mind in terms of, like, bigger ideas but also they do seem to just kind of like people wearing like leather outfits and like jumping around and being in slow-mo and that's kind of also their vibe especially Mm -hmm. when you kind of look at their other other work right Mm -hmm. and it's fun to to think about that when you and i you know i I know you watch sense eight um so good which you loved and a lot of people loved but then there's some people that don't i know that um a lot of people hate the movie Cloud Atlas that they did, which is a movie I really like because of its giant ambition and its craziness, right? But then they've also made, like, Jupiter Ascending, which I think is just... A big mess. A, just a terrible movie. Um, so they're really fascinating filmmakers, and so um, to see that through and, and to really see what their, their essentially is their masterpiece, um, I mean, it's really good. Um The ending, the kind of like the last... All, most of this big action stuff happens last half hour or so-ish, right? Um, and uh, I remember when the the lobby gun sequence, the shootout, it, it made me uncomfortable in 99, and it still kind of does. 
it's Any, very yeah. aggressive and it's violence of it's it's very it's very fetishizing of 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 people just unloading weapons. Yeah. Okay. In okay. Yeah. Let's talk about this for a yeah. minute because it's weird because in movies like John Wick, mm-hmm. I like get into the violence and I'm like, yeah. It's very fast in John Wick. The, the but, gun violence. And also, it, it's the simple. It's a simple thing. Good mm-hmm. guy versus bad guy. Yeah. And when it's bad guys, I'm like morally, I'm like, well, they're bad guys. Yeah. But in the Matrix. There are people who are in the Matrix who are, like, the, I think that was just, like, a federal building. So they're just, like, doing their job. They're yeah, that's not, like, the only, bad guys. I think that actually gets rectified in the sequels. I think they kind of make a better point of, like, whoever they attack or kill are, you know, clearly working for the agents. I don't the think they agents, do. Or they co-op. Well, because sometimes they get co-opted by the agents themselves and they get yes, taken over. But they're and, still people. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and I, I, I point to just kind of, I think it's some of the slow-mo stuff. Like, there's a couple shots of, like, bullets, like, even when they're on the, the helicopter, there's, like, slow-mo bullets just going to the ground. Like, it's, it's a little bit fetishizing, right? A yes. little bit. Yes. And so I, and that's fine. I, I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not anti that necessarily. I'm just like, to me, it's always been like a, I'm a little <laughs> uncomfortable with this. Whereas I, you know, John Wick doesn't really, because it's so fast and they're all, you know, it's always just despicable people who are trying to kill him. And so it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's the only scene in all three of these that I, I still am just like, it's well, I mean, it's, it's quote unquote cool looking. It's just, um, it's crazy. Now, the other thing I would, that blew my mind during, that is that this all the helicopter stuff where this mm-hmm. helicopter kind of goes off the side of the building building 99 like it looks incredible still it yeah. looks really good i don't know exactly the details of the cgi work and stuff like that but it looks great um it really does like better than a lot better than it should and better yeah. than some things that are in the sequels that are a few years later right um and that's i always find that fascinating how you know certain special effects hold up i would say there's not a lot of distracting problematic cgi in this movie at all um yeah in the first one yeah in the first one and i think that's uh i i wish that this lesson would be learned where sometimes less is more well you know things like john wick and stuff like that do get that it's like the excitement of these things is i mean to me i mean people are different i personally just like kung fu movies in general and fighting and hand-to-hand combat and all that anyway so that's always gonna just play well for me and so the matrix uh, uh works in that regard um let me just look at my notes real quick before we move on to the sequels, because is there anything else that you were thinking about um, these movies? I just... This movie in particular. You know, I'm not as uh, well articulated about the philosophy, and we don't ever <laughs> need to go there, but I just am impressed that they've made such a specific but broad movie that it can still like be relevant today. And it still holds up in the conversation. And, I mean, a lot of it was inspired by philosophy from 100 years and 50 and 30 years before they wrote their scripts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's this basic concept of, like, living in a false reality. And I think this year in particular, these this past couple years, you know, we've really seen how the Internet and people really just dive into a couple false realities. One of, like, on one hand, you get different information that's not real information that's presented to you as facts but then on the other hand you have people presenting themselves in a virtual world um Mm -hmm. different than maybe they are in the actual world and even like as i go to work eight to five like how i show up on a zoom meeting is not who i you know is not necessarily like me yeah yeah it's this virtual representation of me um but i think it it's a good movie to really think about like you know the the trap of 
a false reality online. And mm-hmm. I think we've all, you know, people are getting addicted to social media and I just think it's a, it's interesting that a movie from 1999 can still, you know, make you think about that kind the of stuff. The one thing that, yeah, that's, you're totally spot on with all that. Um, the, one of the weird things I took away from this one that I made a note of actually, which was kind of Trinity's arc in the movie, because she, then, you know, there's this, this issue with the Oracle, you know, Neo and, and all the other characters go to the Oracle, who's, you know, we learn more about the Oracle later, but it's someone who knows what's going on or is a seer of some kind. And so, you know, she doesn't think that Neo is the one, but Trinity has been told, like, she, you will fall in love with the one, right? Mm-hmm. And the actually thing that I, I hooked on to after this awesome fight between uh, Agent Smith, who we, didn't, we haven't talked really enough about. I mean, it's oh, one yeah. of the reasons why this movie works is because it has an he amazing villain. so good. And it, to the point where they, like, tr- doubled and tripled and quadrupled a hundred times down for the sequels, right? And, I, to, I mean, I, I think anything with his performance still works in all the sequels because I think it's... it's Hugo Weaving is so good at the, this particular yes. thing. Hello, Mr. Smith. Mr. Anderson. He's Mr. Smith. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't even get the voice right. No, I know. Um, Mr. Anderson. No, there we go. I got it. There it is. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> how I, I I kind of always thought her story... Like, it seems like such a lame storyline on its surface of, like, Trinity. Oh, like, well, she's her purpose is to, like, fall in love with the one. Yeah. Very but, typical. But I liked what I noticed about it this time was that like she he he's, he dies or he's gonna die and she gets he gets resurrected because she says like I I was told I was gonna fall in love with the one and therefore I fell in love with you and therefore you are the one and then he's resurrected and so I thought that that was this kind of goes into this broader idea of this movie being like you are what you are what you believe or what you choose to believe in terms of how this whole system works I thought that was a interesting emphasis point for the how this movie climaxes and how he ultimately becomes as powerful as he does and other people become what you believe yeah uh, yeah and i so i i i thought that that was a especially as you kind of go into the sequels trying to and the sequel i mean we're going to get to it but a lot of the sequel is is kind of like this a lot of big ideas that don't pay off but i do like this this kind of this thread of uh of belief that's kind of a uh, a thing that kind of runs through all of it in a lot of ways, which I, I appreciated this time, and it made me appreciate her character a little bit more in the first one. And I like, I, I just, you know, I, it always, it's, on surface, it seems kind of lame, but then when you think about it a little bit more, it's like, well, I mean, I don't know, it's something. Is it something? <laughs> it's something, and she's she's already kick ass, and she's you know, she's awesome. So it's but it, the magic know. kiss is kind of obnoxious. It is a little strange, but I, I, the idea of it is, is you know. It's it, okay. Here's the thing about the magic kiss. It's mm-hmm. it's simultaneously obnoxious and also satisfying, because it's, it's well, it's a, rooted in fairy tale too. Yeah, a like bit, you're like right? yes, okay. Oh, it's got that Sleeping Beauty yes. vibe to it a little bit, right? Sleeping Beauty, and then it gets reversed it, in yeah. the and it gets reversed, and then he and, does it to her, and, and then in the, and but then it, and then it, and then there's another, and then it like they actually do this thing three times. It's, they do. They, it reverses, and in the third one, it's like nothing works. Which I mean matches her name, right, Trinity? Right. So, You're yeah, I just yeah, the first one's really good and really uh, holds up, I would say, and that's the good takeaway. Yeah, it's the fucking Matrix. So, all right, let's move on to the sequels, and um, I remember being really frustrated with the second one. Yeah, okay, so... When I saw it originally. Problems with sequels yeah. are always that you you want a sequel because you loved the first one mm-hmm. so much, and so you're excited, and you're anticipating greatness, and you want right. you love these characters, you want them to continue, and then you're inevitably disappointed. Well, and it, this was... 
so I, I would say I was never a a Matrix acolyte. I liked the movie a lot. I don't think I loved it. I don't think I watched it a ton or whatever. So when the sequels came out, I thought like, oh, okay, this could, this should, could be cool. I didn't have high. I didn't necessarily have huge expectations. You didn't I? Did I loved the Matrix? Yeah. I was ready for it to be like just more awesome. I think the trailers were, and you know they were pushing for that kind of brought up excitement because there are some pretty crazy sequences in Reloaded specifically that are notable, and when you see them in flashes, you're like, oh crap, that's going to be something, right? And so there is that anticipation aspect for it. Um, and I think the frustration I had with the Reloaded, because you know I think. The, some part of this was going back and watching. Number one, realize is number one still good? Is it still kind of relevant in this time period? But then also, like, are the sequels like underappreciated? Did we were oh, we yeah. harsh on them? Yeah. Like, good you know, to think about. yeah. And so, I, unfortunately for me, I feel like when I watched them, I felt largely the same. Mm-hmm. And maybe for the third one, I felt stronger about my opinion. Yep. Um, the sequel, I think, has a lot of really good ideas mm-hmm. and a lot of really great sequences but it i mean the inherent frustration is just kicked off with like 45 minutes of waiting to do anything that you want them to do it is a deep dive into the outside world and this is kind of like where that infamous like rave sequence is <laughs> where uh um morpheus is giving a speech in front of all the people of uh, zion and then it goes into a rave and it's just like Okay, yeah, and it, it just a lot of it feels like setup. It just feels like here are these new characters, you know. Um, we are following a you know a new because mo- largely the crew of the f- of the first movie is killed off. There's one survivor. He was not re- brought back for the sequel. It's uh, Harold Perrineau from Lost, who's kind of like the new person on that. Michael, and Michael, and mm-hmm. we get more of his like family life, and it's. And then we get this other character who's like this like annoying fucking guy who's like, I love Neo. Oh, hey, like Neo. 15-year-old hey, white, Neo. Boy, hey, white boy. Yeah. Hey, Neo. Can I help you with that? Hey, Neo. Hey, you brought me on the Matrix. I love you. And what's frustrating is that that doesn't, I mean, he does not, once he's in the, like, once he's gone in that, he's not in the rest of that movie. He's only there in this movie to serve a story in the third one. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you get when you realize that these movies were shot together and you're kind of meant to watch them all together. Yeah. But it's super frustrating and you just are... You're like, what? For the longest time in the sequel, you're like, what am I watching? Like, this is not what we want. This is not what we like The Matrix for. It wasn't like this world building outside The Matrix. We like this concept of, like, going in and out, and that's something. But, like, diving into this, I, I think it's a. I understand the logic of going there, but I just feel like it's a narrative miscalculation from the start, and it really uh, hemorrhages in the third one. Um,. But yeah, the first 45 minutes of Reloaded is rough. <laughs> it's so forgettable. It's just boring, and you just want them to go do something. Especially when you've like seen that trailer, you're just like, wait, what are they going to go do that that freeway chase? Or what are they going to go do that fight in that, uh, ball, in that lobby entrance? And you're just like waiting for these twin CGI, like twin little, little mutant-looking guys. Things, yeah. And even then, when you meet these, uh, you meet that those that guy, those characters, boss like the key master. You got a lot of like key masters and gatekeepers. It's like going back to Ghostbusters in this world. <laughs> um, you know, you got a lot of that going on. You got Monica Bellucci showing up, and she's you know she's like pausing the movie to be like, I just want a kiss from you, and it's just like, can we just get to the fucking thing where we came to? It, it, it's just a lot of like stalling. Give me the good it feels stuff, like. people. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's what. Agree with that. 
But then once it kind of gives you... I mean, it does kind of deliver what you want in terms of, like, a few different... Well, the big first, like, big sequence is the burly brawl where Agent Smith returns, right? We've seen glimpses of him and he's kind of been peering out. That's like 20 minutes, 25 minutes into the movie and I think when we rewatch, Oh, this, that's 40, no, the fight is like 45 yeah, minutes in. Yeah, my comment was like, this movie should have started right. here. I mean, you see him before and he, you know, he he's a character that technically like blew up or died, Agent Smith, in the first movie, but he's like some kind of virus who keeps, he's replicating, right? He's taking yes. over bodies Neo, in the Matrix. By Neo diving through him. Yes, He's turned into partly the one in mm-hmm. some way, right? And that's a cool idea, and it's a great it's a great way to bring Agent Smith back in here. Um, I kind of okay with the idea of multiple Agent Smiths. Um, and when this fight starts, he meets with the Oracle again. Whatever, that's we can get into a little bit of that. But um, with the beginning of this fight is really great. Like yes, I was it's, very excited. It's practically done. You yeah. can tell that like, like Hugo Weaving like just did this scene in different. They like, just did it different times, and then they just superimposed everything right, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it comes a point where more of them come in, mm-hmm. and it like it do a camera spin, and it suddenly is just CGI Keanu Reeves, CGI hundreds of Hugo Weaving. It doesn't look good, it and, looks I, and like it has an age. A video well. game version. He's Keanu Reeves is almost like smaller than he is. I don't his face is like. I remember it's, thinking it didn't quite work then, and I, it really whoa. looks dated now. Because um, you can tell when it goes in and out. Yeah, you can cha- You can absolutely tell when it goes between it's the so two. so distracting. And unfortunately, the scene, like, it, it for the first half, it's largely practical. Yeah. And then it, there's a point where it's almost all just CGI, and it kind of But then it'll do a it. little bit of real, and then go back to CGI, like, oh. Yeah, yeah, and it's unfortunate. You just wish that... And then he starts flying like Superman. This is like the theme... Well, he's been doing that from since the end of the first movie, but... Yeah, it's just this thing where you wish you could, especially in 2021, you want to go back and tell these filmmakers, like, that CGI that you think is great, it's not going to look good. It's not going to look good. (laughs) Stick with as real stuff as possible. I mean, because you know the the ingredients that everybody loved is, is like, the practical stuff. When you, even the idea of the bullet time, which is, okay, been dated and maybe you can't do so much of that anymore, is the idea of, like, putting a bunch of cameras around the and then photographing it so that you get this real shot of real people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And and wire foo type stuff. It's why you know removing the wires, but you can still tell that there are it's people a person. doing these things. It's not just a cartoon. And then when it becomes a cartoon, it's it's harder. Yeah. Um, but then that being said, you get um, this amazing fight in this lobby, which is just really cool. Uh, Keanu Reeves gets to use size like my main man Raphael for a little while. He's fighting off people. It's just a great uh, sequence. Um, and then the car chase is amazing with the. Is this the second or the third movie? This is the second movie. Most of the second movie takes place... I mean, once after the 45 minutes, most of it takes place in The Matrix. The problem with the third one is, like, almost all of it doesn't take place yeah. in The Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so you've got this... Uh, he's fighting, you know, with their swords, and Morpheus has got a fucking sword, and he's going against mm-hmm. a car, and he's carving it. I mean, it's just awesome. Like, mm-hmm. and for a little while, you're just like, this movie is this giving you exactly what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And it works. And again, unfortunately, the again after you get this great practically staged car chase um, and some things, it goes to like this fight on top of a semi, and you can just tell it's kind of like a green screen, and it, it just doesn't look, doesn't look as, look as good. good. It doesn't look as good. 
but I, I mean, I kind of, once this thing finally gets going, it is kind of a fun adventure of them getting, trying to get to this, they're trying to get to the, the mainframe of the Matrix, right? They're trying to shut down the machines for good before they destroy Zion, the real people, right? The machines are coming to attack, uh, their real world city, right? So yep. if they get to the mainframe, they can stop it, blah, blah, blah. And the movie introduces this architect character. Uh, they finally go through all this stuff and, we get this idea, which I think is a great idea, and I and I remember this was not the frustration level for for me anyway when the movie it was not this because I like the idea of this and a lot of people were conf- I think the people seemed confused about the ending of this movie right because like here's Maybe a guy this is the one where I'm like people were super confused people are like what is he talking about yeah. like what's okay, happening this was the one, not the first one you're right the first but one people didn't end it was this one it's meant to be a cliffhanger so that's okay but I mean this introduces the concept of like. We've already done this. Yeah. Like, we've been... You're, like, the seventh or eighth one. Yep. We pretend like we have this little fight, We and then the the robots destroy Zion, and we, we seed a few people, and we just let you guys build up again until it becomes a problem, and then yep. we wipe you all out again, yep. and it's just, like, a way to keep it from... Because, the, like, the idea... And then yeah, that was the idea in the first movie that I thought was... You know, it's a fascinating idea of, like, we can't make an idyllic world... People know it's not real. It's a problem. They keep rejecting the reality. Yep. You have to make it real and miserable in some You have to make it sort of shitty, and people have free choice within the Matrix right. to have shitty lives. Basically. And so, and this is like another level built upon that. And so, I like that idea. And then I think it hints at this idea of like, once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's like the idea of, well, is the Zion like another shell? <laughs> Like, are we playing a shell game where, like, these are the people will, yeah, we let these people actualize themselves and they're in the real world, but really they're just plugged into a different machine. And I think we thought, like, I think the idea was that that was going to be maybe the, the, the concept that we would get, maybe. A matrix um, within a matrix. A, an idea that kind of permeates in the, in the third movie. Um, and then we get revolutions, which I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's. So I remember when the first movie, the, when Reloaded came out, if you mm-hmm. stayed till the end of the credits and you got through that awkward uh, Dave Matthews Band remix of When the World Ends, <laughs> um, you would get this uh, little sizzle reel of the third movie. It was yeah. like your sequel reveal, and it was a lot of like the outside world mechs, robots fighting people, and blah, blah, blah. And that was kind of cool. It was like, okay, we're doing a different thing in this movie, right? And I don't know how you felt, but like... The third movie is just for it's like for a half hour it's kind of in the matrix and then the rest of it is like outside. It, it leaves your main main characters for the majority of the movie. Oh, for such a long stretch, you're so in you're Zion with, with none of them. You're in, and then even when it goes back to Morpheus and Jada Pinkett, I don't care about her. And Morpheus is barely a side character because you didn't play the video game, so you don't have any details I'm about like, her. Whatever, like whatever. Lawrence Fishburne is the one who gets really derailed in the third. One. He's barely in it, and he he has nothing to do. He has no yep. agency. He's a guy who has been told now that the Matrix, you know, this whole thing of the one is not real. And so right when his belief is gone, or Neo is kind of like on this different journey, it's like he's nothing to do and they and they then they never give him anything to do. Mm-hmm. He becomes even a side character to Jade Pinkett cuz yep. she's the one who's piloting the ship, right? He has literally nothing to do. And even then Neo and Trinity are going off on their own mission, which we don't see them for a long 40 time. minutes while we have this siege on Zion, which is you needed about 90 seconds of, not 30 minutes. Where we up. see the skinny guy and yep. Michael's, uh, uh, Walt! Well, he's not yelling for Walt. He, it's his, uh, <laughs> wife or girlfriend who's kind of like trying to blow up things. And, 
it and it's like it's it was such minimal crappy development and reloaded and then none and then in the third movie here they are doing a mission it's just like it doesn't pay off it's at all it's not necessary and this i mean it, it's just noise it doesn't look it doesn't look bad i would no, say no it doesn't look bad it's just it's very busy it's like thousands of robots uh, a, a general guy who we with thick eyebrows who's like shooting down stuff. Um, that Jada Pinkett's boyfriend, who's a general, who's got he's just a dick, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's about him. But he's he's a dick, but he's kind of like been right about the whole thing. But who right, cares? But also wrong, but also right. It, it's just like we're we're here for Trinity, we're here for Neo, and we're here for Morpheus, and none of them are in any of yes. this. Yes. And then we once this fucking siege is finally done, we go back to Neo and Trinity. And right off the bat, they, like, just kill Trinity. <laughs> she just gets okay, killed. And you're dead now. Bye. <laughs> Here's a bunch of spikes through your body. And that's it. Like, they have a little, like, fly in the pl- fly in the ship scene, and then she's dead. Like, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's just bizarre. Um, notably, they had to recast the Oracle character for this movie because she died in between filming two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some heavy lifting explaining that a little bit which uh, they didn't need to do at all no it's the fucking matrix you can look different in it and then we get um this climactic scene where and again like agent smith is really absent from this movie for a long time and then he gets this fight at the end in the rain but it's mostly like a superman fight it's just them yeah. in the sky blasting against each like other it. i and was it, very bored with it when when you're when and you get a little bit of fighting in the beginning of the movie but this is really like none of the martial arts stuff is is in this movie and it really hurts like it just doesn't none of this stuff is very interesting like some of the visuals of it are okay and you're like okay that's kind of a neat idea and this was like a superman fight before we were getting like cgi era superman fights i suppose because like that Superman Returns hadn't, would come out in 2006 and Man of you know, so, I mean, we're getting that, I guess, but is that what you went to the Matrix for, was to see more flying no. Keanu Reeves? Not really. No, it is not. No. Yeah, I just, I wish I could say, like, there was, and then, and then, like, the, all this, the kind of interesting setup of plot that you, like, the architect character, like, none of it exists until at the tail end of the movie where the architect and the oracle sit down and they have, like, a scene where they kind of just be like, well, some of the... Oh, and the Revolutions also has, like, 20 minutes where literally Keanu Reeves is stuck in a in a train station for oh, no reason. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's just treading water. Um, How did the movie end? Well, he... 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 he uh, they he blows them up. He like lets Agent Smith consume him, and then that causes a haywire, winky dink, blow up the the main. Fr- you know, to save the they save the world. He saves the Matrix, et cetera, et cetera, and stops Agent Smith. Really, he the robots he come to a truce. He does. With- he comes to a truce with the robots in a weird scene where like a face and robots is talking to him. Oh, because now Agent Smith is a threat to taking over the everything. matrix essentially and so yeah this whole thing of like zion going i mean because this whole fight with zion is like yeah they kind of stop it but it's pointless because more are coming and then in the end it's just like oh there's a truce and it's like so we just watched a fight for an hour for no reason which is a truce built on what like what stopping them from just going and well they, they hold the truce and that's what the architect and oracle are kind of talking about at the end but um it's stupid and the so then trinity's dead neo's dead and the only one who's alive is the character i mean jada pinkett's alive but like Morpheus is alive, but he has nothing to do in the movie. And then now they're making a fourth one, and he's the only one not coming. Like he's Lawrence Fishburne's not coming back for it. Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves are coming back but for it. But they're dead. I don't understand. It's weird. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it's 
it's always a bummer. I would I almost recommend like if you really like the Matrix, you should just watch the Matrix and just like and stop and stop. Don't but watch it, the it sequels. It leaves you wanting more. It kind of does. does when you know there's more. You're like, ooh, I want more. Of and this there's some value to some sequences and like you know, Agent Smith is it's a good performance from Hugo all the way through. But here's what they should have done mm-hmm. to fix this: take two and three, cut out a bunch of shit, and just make it one movie. Maybe, yeah. They could have cut out a ton of stuff. It yeah. would have been a lot better. I, I think all this the is... Zion stuff cut out a hundred percent. And of the I, Zion I stuff. that's tough because it's like they're they're they had money. They're like we've got a, this is the big epic story that people want. We're trying to tell this bigger story. It's a, it's I feel bad for them because it does seem like they're really swinging for a big story, a big epic of like this multi so many characters and. And ultimately, it just comes down to like this thing where you're just like, "Well, I just want my three characters, and I just yeah. want them to fight in the thing against." Show Agent me Smith. the three being badass and triumphing over evil. Because when it gets too loud, you lose kind of that. I like not a lot of people talk about the the philosophy of the sequels. Not very much. It's just because it's 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 convoluted and it's been muddled by bad storytelling. Yeah. So when it's simpler and it had when there was like a very fluid, clean narrative, you could extrapolate other things and that makes it more interesting where it doesn't happen in the the sequels very well when i saw the third movie and uh keanu and trinity are flying and they fly above the clouds and then it's just like blue skies and sunshine yeah i just thought this is bullshit if the if these if this ai is so smart they would find a way to fix that well because they just they built really far down to the ground maybe they should have built up I mean, like, not like seriously, like you're telling me this smart of AI that can like turn humans into batteries can't figure out how to whoa. like get a few clouds out of the whoa, way. Whoa. AI, you mean artificial intelligence? Well, yes, artificial <laughs> intelligence. Yeah, you know, I don't know. So that kind of was like stupid. Um, yeah. So we're getting a Matrix Four this year. Does, it's just one of the Wachowskis. It's either Lana or Lara. I can't remember which one is doing it. Which is in and of self, it's. I think it's their first. One of them is working on a show, uh, yeah. and the other is doing The Matrix, which I, is odd. It's fine. It's weird that they're doing separately. Um, I'm very curious because I, I wonder if like the weight of these sequels and the disappointment I feel like that has kind of. I mean, I don't think this is an. This is not an unusual opinion. I don't think these movies are really well liked. At least not the third, third one, especially. Yeah. So are they aware of this? Like. History? Are they trying to rectify that? And can you rectify that without Lawrence Fishburne? Or is like the, there's a rumor that maybe Young Morpheus is in this? And then like, what the fuck is this movie gonna be? Um, so that's I'm wondering about all that. I'm curious. I'm intrigued. But um, yeah, the other thing I was gonna ask you was that Will Smith turned the Matrix down mm-hmm. at the part that was going to be for Keanu Reeves. Uh, Jada Pinkett, his wife, would eventually be in the franchise, but. Um, what what changes if Will Smith is Neo? <laughs> I mean, he's quippy and he's funny, but he, he doesn't always have to be. Like he made uh, I, the good example of this is in '98. He made Enemy of the State, and he does a lot of that quippiness is buttoned down. He's just kind of like a he's a little he could sassy be an everyman, uh, a little bit, but he could be an everyman if need be. I'm just I don't know. I don't know if it changed. I don't. I'm, I'm always curious. I'm like, what does Keanu Reeves bring? I think that bewilderment and astonishment is very Keanu Reeves. I don't know if Will Smith is, uh, that's his zone. I'm not sure. But, uh, man, he made, so yeah, he, the famously Will Smith, uh, turned this down to make Wild Wild West. <laughs> I mean, he was very good in iRobot. That was a few years later. 
but um and i yeah. like that movie a lot yeah i feel like it still would have been a really good movie yeah, I think, and no, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it would be better or worse. I just, it's interesting to think that, right? What would, what would that trajectory be? Like, I don't want to hate on Keanu, but I want to see that movie. A little bit. You're just like kind of curious. <laughs> just like, what? Uh, I mean, I like that. Um, it's, Will Smith has famously turned down some, he turned down Django Unchained. <laughs> like, it's just like these crazy Is it possibly choices. just like, is it, okay. No, he is a good, he can be a good actor. Will Smith? Yeah. I well, I think he can be a great actor and has been in certain things. It's um but then like I said, I think his best work in the last ten years is that Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Where he's just being raw and honest. I like that. Um No, I don't know. It's just uh it's fun. It's interesting it'd be weird to think now like do the, the sequels made the same way, and then if so is like if in that universe is Will Smith coming back with Carrie on Moss for Matrix Four, like is that like is that like also what's going on? Like you know, or is because Will Smith is famously you know he's turned down a lot of sequels, like he's just like not doing a Matrix Two. Like think about that because he likes he doesn't he did Men in Black sequels, but like you know he he was reluctant on Independence Day Two, held out forever, ended up not doing it. I mean it was terrible. It was probably just, that was one of the few smart moves he'd made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just, he's not in that, there's a Suicide Squad movie coming out this summer. He's not returning for that. Um, I mean, nobody is really except for Harley Quinn, but Margot Robbie, but, um, yeah. I think it's smart not to do sequels. Yeah, I don't know. Tell your story and be done with it. And I think as an actor, there's a risk that then you are, you get pigeonholed as like that character. But, but on the other hand of that is everybody's doing sequels because all these actors want to be in a Marvel project where they're in like five there's movies. like a universe that lasts forever. And you could, yeah, you could stay in it for as long as you want. But that's like it. You're, you're in this universe though. Ah, uh, yeah. Even that, I don't know. Those it's are a little different it's because it's all, and that's all just a big giant puzzle. And yeah. And those are problematic because over time you don't stand out. Well, I don't know about that. No, it all melds together. Like, who can, like, even fucking remember? You don't remember Robert Downey Jr. and all of the Avengers and Iron Man movies? Actually, no. Like, I remember (laughs) his character, but I couldn't tell you. But, like, a lot of the other characters that aren't fucking Robert Downey Jr. I disagree. Everybody is... Oh, my God. Okay, nerd. (laughs) We just finished WandaVision, which, like, is, like, a great deep dive of, like, characters that, you know... Randall Park and Cat Dennings get to come I know, back. But how many people forgot the the previous movies where Wanda is Wanda uh, Wanda Maximoff? Mm-hmm. Well, she was in Avengers: Age of Ultron. I know, but she was like, in Avengers: Infinity what that or Civil War. Movie was like it was like it's was all the... molds together. Well, sure, I guess that's why they made it on Disney Plus. You can watch the little sizzle reel of all the Scarlet Witch's highlight moments yes, that she's that's in. Helpful. And, and then when you that. turn on WandaVision, you're like, oh yeah, she was in the Age of Ultron. She lost the thing. Ooh, she bombed. She accidentally blew up a building in Civil War. Or was that Civil? Yeah, Civil War. See? You see that? <laughs> well, there's like was 22 that? movies. That's what I'm saying. You could get lost in in the the. Universe. What I like about Marvel is that I mean, I like that everybody's like a. Because I think they're actually paying it off now. Because it was like, yeah, we got Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany for like these like tenth tier characters in these Avengers movies, and you're just like, why did they get such great actors for this? And it's like, oh well, we did a nine episode TV show with them. It's like, okay, that's awesome. That I'm glad awesome. that we I'm glad we held on to those guys, and they got to do a whole show where they got to dive deep into their characters. That's cool. I like that. Do you want to talk about WandaVision now? I thought WandaVision was really good. <laughs> really, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Have we talked about that on the podcast? We talked about like the beginning of it, yeah. Bit, yeah. I thought it worked great. Anyway, 
The Matrix. The Matrix. First one. You talked a lot in this episode. Yeah, because you stopped talking after I'm a while. I'm sorry. You know what the problem is? <laughs> you forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think Can is... you drink some wine? Yeah. I think that... um. That's okay. This episode, uh, people will listen to the beginning, and then when they get tired... Like, inevitably, they might listen to The Matrix, and then we start talking about the sequels, and they're just like, oh, I'll turn it off. And done, though. <laughs> that's a super... It's That's why we... It's the 100th episode. Gotta do extra. Gotta you do don't have extra. to listen to it, but we did it. You've done great. I would give you four and a half gold stars on this. Nice Ooh, job. Gold stars. I want a digimetal, though. That's what I'm looking for. Fucking... You want a digimetal for that? I do. For those of you who don't know what a Digimetal is, too bad. You're going to have to Google it and see if you can figure we it out. probably explained it in a previous episode. Go back and listen to all of them. Have we, you think? I can't wait for that syndication. You know, you rolling. shaved that big beard off, but you've got some straggler hairs that are really poking out, Tyler. Like, I mean, like four-inch random randos. This is good radio. It really is. I like to give some texture to mm-hmm. the experience. That's what I call it, texture. All right. This has been 100 episodes. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of the previous 99 episodes, go ahead and go on to iTunes and leave a review. Or go on to our website, oldmillennialsremember.com, and shoot us an email or a comment, and let us know if you would like us to talk about any movies that you remember. And if we continue, <laughs> if there is an episode... TBD. If there's an episode 101, I think there will be. Uh, we got something special planned for it, too. We're every, actually going to do something more special for 101, I would say. Every episode is special, yeah. Tyler. I'm just saying it's... I'm here. I'm just saying it's, we're recording in March. Maybe if you look back a year ago and you saw something in March, you'd maybe figure out what we might be doing. Oh just God. saying. You're just saying. A nerd. It's a tease. It's a tease. All right, friends. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you spending your time with us and hopefully you got a few laughs in there and uh, you can laugh at Tyler a lot because he's so funny. What? What? Stop making fun of me. Actually, you're super smart. Everyone is always like, God, Tyler knows so much about movies. I thought that's not even true at all. And then they're like, why are you on a movie podcast, Angela? <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Because, and I punch him in the throat. Because I live with you. <laughs> <laughs> because no one else will do a podcast with Tyler. Unless it's about Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah. This. <laughs> he doesn't uh, listen. He's literally our friend, yeah. Jonah, yeah. Yeah. who fuck likes you, to Jonah. do Saved by fuck the Bell. You, Jonah. He's always like, get some more Saved by the Bell episodes done. I was like, we'll do more when you actually listen to one episode of ours, and he's never listened to one in three well, years. someday when he listens to this one, here's what I have to tell him. Fuck you, Jonah. Yeah, exactly. Alright, thanks for listening, guys, and we will talk at you another movie. Bye! Maybe. Maybe. G- give us that syndication money right now. <laughs> <laughs>